Hello, my name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the Militant Thomist. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, for, this is directed for Catholics, but I guess if you're a Protestant too, I could, uh, I could help out how to understand uh, Protestantism for you too. But um, so this is, a, this is a frequent problem when it comes to strawmanning Protestant positions. So if you're a Catholic, let us go through a little bit of, a, uh, of an illustration. So let's say you're on Twitter and you're scrolling, you're scrolling through, scrolling, 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 and you see a tweet and the tweet says Catholics are evil Mary worshipers and they think that the Eucharist is the physical flesh of Christ. This is clearly stupid. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point from Pastor Bob Jones of um, Hakuki, Louisiana. You see that. And you're obviously upset. And you say, but Pastor Bob, that's not what we believe. You're strawmanning us. This is what Catholic doctrine actually is. And this happens all the time. And it rightly annoys you. Now, believe it or not, Protestants feel the same way about a lot of you. That when you say things like, for example... That, Catholic, that Protestants, they believe that um, you can, after you're saved, do whatever you want, and it doesn't matter. This is not actually what Protestants profess in their own creeds, uh, confessions, and their own books of theology. So what I'm going to do uh, for you is, as a former Protestant, as somebody who is currently studying Protestant theology, and somebody who has studied Protestant theology in the past in an academic setting, I'm going to um, give you a few resources of where to go if you're going to want to start engaging in actually understanding what Protestants teach. Because if you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church under the section of Church Unity, one of the ways in which we bring, out, bring about unity between us and our separated brethren is that we understand what they actually teach. And this is very important. So I'm going to go over a few documents, a few resources that are helpful. This is going to kind of be a plethora of uh, of links and, and, and such and book recommendations to kind of get you guys those resources you need if you actually want to engage and talk to charitably Protestants and be able to represent them the best way. Another Another thing that I'm going to bring up, a brief illustration is let's say you are on Twitter, again, scrolling through and through and through, and you see a Pastor Bob, he's tweeted again after his last tweet. He quote tweeted, Father James Martin is like, look, Catholics believe that being gay is okay, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then you see this tweet and you respond like, hey, Father James doesn't represent the teaching of the church. He's not our best theologian. Maybe you should read um, Thomas Aquinas, then you link the Summa. That is another very important thing to realize, is that when we engage with apologetics, with other traditions, or just fruitful dialogue with other traditions, and I'm not an apologist by any means. I don't have any desire to be an apologist at, for this time being. That That's not what I do. Um, so if you want to do that, you want to go for the best of the best. You want to represent them the best you can. Get the best arguments you can. Just read through the Summa. Thomas does this all the time. When your opponents bring, form, bring forth arguments against your position, you don't strawman them. You don't make them weaker. 
You don't uh, just throw them away as stupid. What you do is you think of the argument and you make the argument even better. And then you respond. So I don't want any of you going out and um, and just raging on Twitter against Protestants until you've at least uh, done the minimum work. And I'm going to give you the minimum work and then some deeper resources and then very specific resources where you have multiple grades where you can kind of introduce yourself to uh, the teaching of the Protestants. And I see there's a lot of lot of concept a lot of comments right here uh <laughs> so i'll actually be doing q a at the end um i'll do a q a at the end uh answer any questions you might have about protestantism i don't know if i'll be able to answer them all but i actually as, as somebody who who did study protestant theology i actually know a thing or two about it so uh i'm gonna put on my second screen real quick so I have, so there's going to be three layers to this when you're thinking about Protestant theology and Protestants themselves, this is how they would, they would uh, class their own writings. So in the first layer, you're going to have confessional documents. So think in a Catholic context, think of the catechism of the Catholic church. That is a collection of what the Catholic church believes put forward in very terse manner with, with footnotes to documents supporting that. And Protestants, they are at least the best ones, very confessional. So I'm going to, gosh, let me try to get up. The first one, I'm going to share my other screen. Sorry about this. Oh, the dead air. Okay, so the first one. This is going to be all, just, just a note, this is going to be strictly reformed. It's not going to be Lutheran. Maybe I'll bring on a Lutheran to help explain this to you guys too but the first one the westminster standards and this is the first link in the in the description so the westminster standards those are a certain set of documents that came about in the mid 17th century especially drawn from earlier puritan literature and it contains uh three documents but it also contains a lot more such as the directory for public worship, family worship, Psalm League and Covenant, blah, 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 blah. But, but uh, reform don't really hold to the other ones as being binding. They bind themselves to the Westminster Confession, which that's the best way of, uh, of reading what, a, what a, uh, a Presbyterian would believe, is reading the Westminster Confession. Because that is their, their doctrine stated in, in terse form with biblical citations, and it gets you a... Uh, it gets you a little taste of what they believe and the reasons why they believe them. And then you have the shorter and larger catechism. Those, those won't be as helpful. The shorter catechism is meant for catechizing children and the larger catechism is meant for catechizing adults. Those won't be as helpful. So really the Westminster confession of faith, very important. And then there's actually uh, another group. Let me pick it up. The link. There's another group, and they're called the Dutch Reformed or Continental Reformed. And these are going to be the th what are called the three forms of unity. So the Belgic Confession, the Canons of Dort, and the Heidelberg Catechism. Again, the Heidelberg Catechism, because it's meant for training kids, and it's also in the uh, Continental Reformed tradition, they use it for preaching at the evening service. They don't really... Um, it's not really something that you'll you'll need to read. It's more devotional and then uh, catechetical. But the Belgic Confession that was um, what's his name Guido Guido I think is this guy's name. 
Guido Lebray, if I'm remembering correctly, um, he wrote the Belgic Confession, and that is accepted by the Reformed churches on the continent. So you'll get like the uh, United Reformed Church in North America is going to be one of the um, churches which hold to the Belgic Confession. Now, what's very important is actually the Canons of Dort. This specifically covers Protestant soteriology, well, Reformed soteriology, and um, specifically Calvinism. This is something very important. This is actually very representative of the English church, too, because the, the Church of England did send delegates, such as Bishop John Davenant, to talk about it. So it's going to go over election, reprobation, the extent of the atonement. Um, it's going to go over perseverance of the saints. Um, it's going to go over uh, depravity and, and, and so on. And this is against the Arminians. So this is another very important document. And these are all really the basics. If you haven't read these documents, honestly, don't even don't don't even try to to say what Protestants believe, because these are very basic. These are what children read in order that they may they may know the faith. So this is just a, uh, a very baseline for those. And also, if you're going to think about the Anglican world, let's get it here. The 39 articles, 39 articles are going to basically give in very summary form, um, especially against what the Romanists believe, but also um, generally what uh, Anglicans will believe in. And now notice also that in the modern Anglican environment, there's several different schools of how to read the articles. But uh, I think I have a video on the different ways of reading the articles that I did way back if you wanted to look at that um, within, the, within the Anglican tradition that I did as an Anglican. And then another important document for Anglicans. There's also the 1662 Catechism, but that's not too important because we basically would agree with 75% of what's said there. It's not, it's not too different. But the Book of Homilies. So the Book of Homilies, um, that is another, that's a book of sermons which were officially preached in the Church of England, written by Thomas Cranmer and John Jewell. And then also John Jewell's defense of the Church of England is another very important um, piece because I didn't put that in the, the links below, but John Jewell's defense um, that is going to give you in summary form the justification for the Reformation and then also um, the points in which uh, Anglicans differ with Roman Catholics. Those are very important. Yes. And then everybody's everybody's uh, putting in their own their own uh, works that they'd like to that they'd like me to have put in. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Don't worry. This is this is very introductory. This is just for pa us, us stupid papists. <laughs> that's 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 what it's for. Okay, so that is going to be when it comes to those beginner uh, confessional documents. So, what is this link? I don't remember putting this link in there. Oh yeah, I did actually put the 1662 Catechism in here for some reason. Okay, now when it comes to those deeper theological works. Now, if you're if you're a papist and you want just one work that you're going to have to read through, that's going to provide the best defenses and the best scholastic explanation of the Reformed faith, it's going to be Francis Turretin's Institutes of Elenctic Theology. Now, there's others such as Petrus von Maastricht, Petrus von Maastricht's um, theoretical practical theology, but when it comes to those those other works like that, 
uh, they have a very different uh, purpose because they're meant for um, they're meant for training ministers, and they're also have a very uh, um, big emphasis on piety and such. And that's not too important when it comes to uh, researching another tradition. Uh, what what you'll really want is this, because he goes over almost every single instance whereby he disagrees with the papists, with the Lutherans, and and, and such. So this is a very important work. It's going to give you the best arguments, the best arguments in summary form and in a one, one-stop shop. And you see it's very expensive, but if you go on uh, Lagos, it's there, and I think it's much cheaper. And then a another resource. Let me see. Another really good resource. So this right here, and this has a much more Puritan bent, but it's still... Uh, it's still very, very helpful because this will give you a compendium. It also gives you a short explanation. This is Reform Books Online. So on Reform Books Online, they have almost every topic imaginable. Like, let's go down here. So what do Protestants believe about the beatific vision? So he's going to give an explanation in all of the different works. He's going to give quotes from history. It's going to give resources from people you've never even heard of. And then it's, um, yes, see, for example, Aquinas is not wholly recommended on this subject. So, and, and such. There, there is another place where they, yeah, for example, you're going to read in this about how um, Protestants differ from Catholics when it comes to Christology um, in, in, in the beatific vision where uh, where. Protestants would restrict the level of the beatific vision in the human mind of Christ. Catholics would not restrict that and, and such and so forth. They would say he had a uh, knowledge in the state of humiliation, not necessarily the full knowledge. So you're then Francis Junius, he's a very good, very good. Um, Bullinger, he's another very good one. So you're going to get almost everything you want where Where's another good? Let's see, Papists. They have anything under Papist? I guarantee they call them Papist, not Roman Catholic. Oh, yeah, Parker Society. Let me go there. This is from a lot of the English reformers. This is a really good resource that you're going to get. It's going to have basically everything you need down here, all of the works. You're going to get, let's look for Andrews. I wonder if they have Lancelot Andrews. No, they do not. That's going to be in the Anglo-Catholic uh, set. But yeah, these are some really good resources that you'll get explanations of literally everything you can you can even think of. Um, dancing and drama and worship, the day of Christ's crucifixion, counseling. You're, you're going to Eastern Europe reformed history. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to get everything you need down here. Family worship, geocentrism. What the heck? I didn't, I didn't even know they had this one on here. Yeah, they have they have a lot on here. Like everything you can think of from from they have quotes, they have explanations, they have books, they have uh, everything you need right here. And this is going to give you on anything you want to know about a really good explanation of what um, what the reform believe about different issues. So I hope these are some really helpful resources for you guys. Because you also need to remember that in the Protestant mind, at least the good Protestants, theology is, um, let's stop sharing my screen. Their theology is very confessional. 
So when it comes to finding out what they believe, going to the confessions first and knowing their confessions are going to be vital to being able to understand what they believe. It's very important. Okay, so let me look through some of the comments, see what people are saying. I don't know. Pastor Bob sounds kind of paced. <laughs> the Westminster Confession is so long. It's not that long. I mean, let's see. I'm going to go to go to YouTube, see if somebody has an audio version of it. I don't know that. And a lot of the stuff, like if you look at the section on Christ, section on the Trinity, you don't really need to read those things because those are things that we already really agree on. But things like justification and, and the law and, and stuff, stuff like that. I can't actually see any just pure audio versions. There it is. An hour and 40 minutes. I mean, that's not that long at all. That'll take you like an afternoon. Christian Wagner, we should do a collaboration where we point to the worst arguments we hear from the other side. Yes, please. That'd be that'd be kind of funny. Militant Jamie, I'm here to dunk on Prats. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Westminster ain't Protestants, barely Protestant. Actually, um, so, Father James, uh, with with the influences of the Westminster Confession, it's mostly based. It's mostly based on um, Usher and Usher's uh, what is that book called? Usher's Systematic Theology. I can't remember. Can't remember what the name of it is, but it's mostly based on Usher, and he was a uh, Church of Ireland Archbishop. So it's, I mean, there's, you're going to get it more from the Puritan wing of the church than you are going to get from the conservative ecclesiastical establishment. Um, William Whitaker. Yes. William Whitaker is pretty good. His responses to Bellarmine that and on reform books online, you're going to get all basically all like 150 responses to Cardinal Bellarmine's um, works that that'll give you good, uh, un good understanding of the best of Protestant apologetics because Protestant apologetics in its current iteration is honestly pretty terrible so it's actually great stuff yeah laws of ecclesiastical polity uh that work uh very important it gives you an understanding of uh the first the first two books i think is is mostly stuff that we both would agree upon i think if i'm remembering correctly that's on the relate the types of laws and such it's basically just taken straight from thomas um and then the the, the rest of the book um, is going to give you some distinctives of how the logic behind reformed worship, reformed polity, and, and stuff like that. Very important work. But that's also a bit a bit advanced if you're just entering into the uh, entering into the pool. the The London Baptist Confession of 1689. Yes, that's for the. I mean, basically, just read the Westminster. If you want to read the chapter on baptism, then, then yeah, that'll give you what Reformed Baptists believe. But since there's like at least like uh, probably like four and a half Reformed Baptists in the world, I didn't think it was important enough to acknowledge. Sorry, guys. And the Book of Concord. Yes, it's Lutherans. Um, I'm thinking of bringing on a Lutheran. If you guys can think of a good Lutheran, maybe we can do a little bit of an intro to uh, to Papists, Papist studies on on Luther lutheranism but uh yeah so the lutheran confessions are actually 
probably even more emphasized than um, even in, 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 in reform circles, they emphasize their confessions. It is, it is huge for, for confessional Lutherans, but you'll get some in the scholastic era, like Chemnitz and his, um, in his book against the council of Trent. And then if you want just a good scholastic introduction, then Johann Gerhard, although those books are terribly expensive, he thought, <laughs> you thought Turretin was expensive being a hundred dollars. These, those are like to get the entire set's probably like 500 bucks. Oh, and then Matthew Taylor has a great point. Don't forget our main Protestant book, the Bible. Man, didn't think of that one. Okay. Let me see. Historically, Protestants have loved Aquinas. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've they've loved the uh the first they, they love the first half of Prima Pars. <laughs> I did have a um a a friend sent me this this quote from from one of the reformers on the on Aquinas and Thomism, and but it's a it's a much more nuanced than I would, for example, read Aquinas. They're kind of like, yeah, these are the areas where Aquinas is good at, but uh, yeah, these are some other areas where we we don't really like them. I'm here to bully the dead reformers. So CS says, I don't find it useful to go back to these dusty old books, to be honest. They were writing specifically for the issues most important in their time. Yeah, I can I can understand uh, that sentiment. But in order to get into the Protestant mind of of how the the Protestant churches actually view their own theology, it's going to be fundamentally based in the in the, in the confessions and catechisms they put forth. So that is very important. Okay. Let me see. So just got here. Did you address confessional Lutherism or just reformed tradition? I just addressed the reformed tradition because um, that's the tradition I'm most familiar with. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on Lutheranism. That's not something that I've, uh, I've been too too involved in. Matthew Pearson should read the Westminster Confession of Faith. Actually, Matthew Pearson uh, is coming on Friday at eight PM. I just haven't made the stream stream yet. We're going to be talking about Reformed Eucharistic theology because that was a uh, very big interest of mine. Okay. Do you know any short summaries for the English confession? Westminster confession is too long from a brain. Oh, <laughs> the Western confession is the short summary. Um, <laughs> uh, what would be good? Uh, 39 articles would be pretty good. 39 articles are much shorter than the Westminster confession. I mean, uh, it, there's, there's a certain development that the Westminster confession has from the 39 article, articles because you really the source of the Westminster Confession is going to be more so the Irish Articles. Um, but uh, the source of the Irish Articles are the are the 39 Articles. So the Westminster Confession is basically the 39 Articles twice removed, but not for episcopacy. And also a different theology of worship, too. Is Militant Jamie the wife of Militant Thomas? No, Militant Jamie is the servant of Militant Thomas. <laughs> 
it comes from it comes from uh joe rogan where he says pull it up jamie that's what it comes from I think you mean the Irish Articles of Religion. What was this in? Uh, was this? Yeah, it was based in the Irish Articles of Religion. But the main one of the main texts being passed around the Westminster Assembly was Usher's Usher's work. And I mean, if you I've read Usher's work before, and if you read Usher's work, you'll see you'll see the very strong similarities. But Usher's work is like absolutely autistic. Like it's it's like what are what are the duties for the for the ninth commandment? And you know how the Westminster uh, larger catechisms, like, oh my gosh, it has like fifty of them listed. Usher like lists like three hundred. <laughs> it's just, it's terrible. So I'm speaking mostly tongue in cheek, but the Westminster Confession of Faith is rather removed from the Reformation. Yeah, yeah, you're the the area of um, confessionalization and the area of high Protestant theology is gonna is is gonna start to decay at the around the time of the Westminster Confession and the English Civil War, and then also the the end of Geneva with the death of Francis Turretin and then its liberalization after him. The Westminster Confession is mostly based to Christian Wagner. Ah. Where can I learn why in the world prots like to circumcise? I don't know. Let's look at reform books online. What if they... If they're weird in there, let me see. I'm going to see if I can see anything about it. I guarantee there was like some huge like discussion of this. Like the, the Protestants, you no, they don't, they actually don't. Extraordinary circumstances, no, dang, they don't have a discussion of that. That's crazy. Up, oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, my wife Heitman, she uh, she edits all of these videos, so that's enough. Um, let me see. So Jordan Cooper by far. Yeah, I really like Jordan Cooper. I, I tried to talk to him. And, oh, I did talk to him. I tried to get him to come on to, to talk about Lutheranism, but I don't know if he, he didn't seem really interested. So I guess I'll have to find somebody else. can't really think about any anybody besides Jordan Cooper. You know, maybe I will... Um, you know, maybe I will reach out to him again. He's, you know, that's what I did with Pope Michael. If you just keep reaching out, eventually, uh, eventually they have to say yes. All these dusty old documents ain't got nothing on Hillsong's what we believe document on hillsong.com. Do they have a, even have a what we believe section? Hillsong.com. Hillsong Church, welcome home. There's like no people on this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where is it under? About. Under about. There isn't even a what we believe section. What the heck? Our beliefs. There you have to go like three. 
be sectioned in. I like how it starts out with we believe. Only the church Catholic can say that. Oh, this is a good one. We believe that sin has separated each of us from God and his purpose in our lives. Okay, let's... Does it even mention baptism? Oh. We believe that in order to live the holy and fruitful lives that God intends for us, we need to be baptized in water and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh. We believe in the power and significance of the church. Oh. The necessity of believers to meet regularly together for fellowship, prayer, and the breaking of bread. Great. So, uh, interesting. Like, all this literally just says nothing. It's crazy. If Protestantism is true, why is Beza gay? Uh, he... Uh, we did have that poem. That poem was a bit weird, but I mean, it could be like a genre of the Renaissance era. Renaissance era humanists. Okay. Is it worth reading Calvin's Institutes or can you just read Turton? Yeah, I often tell people to not read, not even bother with Calvin's Institutes. That's going to make people mad because everybody's like, oh, it's called Calvinism. You got to read Calvin. It's called Lutheranism. You got to read Luther. But you have to understand that Calvin was in such an early period of the Reformation. He was basically a second generation reformer. And there hasn't hadn't been this area of enough debate and discussion to really nail down uh, specifics. Calvin also wasn't exactly the clearest writer when it comes to making distinctions and definitions. So this can lead to um, some oddities when you re read some of his works. Um, so I just don't suggest it. Just read Turretin. Turretin basically takes the doctrine of Calvin and as it is received by the Reformed Church and then systematizes it and then places it in contrast to Roman Catholicism. So it's very helpful for understanding um, what Protestants believe and getting some of the best arguments. And, uh, and with Francis Turretin, he was conversant with a lot of the Romanists of his day. Like he is very conversant with uh, Bellarmine, for example, and responds to him often. So you're, and he was very conversant with the medieval tradition too. So you're going to get somebody who, who, who is basically the perfect storm for giving us the best arguments that Protestants are going to have against our positions. Okay. Let me see. The rest of Protestant Christendom views America as really weird with circumcision. <laughs> I can put in a word for you in the Justin Center Patreon Discord server. Yes, please. Please, I really want to bring him on to talk about Lutheranism for Papists, basically. Oh, gosh. Be nice in the chat, guys. Oh, yeah, but you'll miss Calvin's inflammatory early Reformation rhetoric. Oh, it's it's hilarious. If you read some of, especially the early reformers, the things that they're saying towards one another, like this is, like, you think Twitter's bad? Like these guys were going off 
like some of the names they call each other are so funny. We need to make like a Twitter bot account where we just cycle cycle through um like uh the Reformation era like offensive statements towards one another and what names they called each other. It's kind of funny. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys like another minute or so, and then I'll cut the stream. See if you guys have any more questions. Oh, the other Paul says he's a Coleridian now. So he thinks Mary is a person in the Trinity. It's unfortunate, the other Paul. Really felt better from you. If Romanism is true, why Michael not Pope? It's sad, man. I know. It's like, uh, what's the... What's the one from like the Greek Orthodox one? Like, God tests my faith every day for letting America still exist. It's like, well, God tests my faith every day by not crowning Pope Michael as as the Bishop of Rome. Oh yeah, I need to put my my little banner in. Remember to go to patreon.com slash militant Thomist. Okay. Oh yeah, Ivan brings up a a very important point too is it's a bit it's a bit anachronistic to speak of protestantism like while there was a recognition in the early reformers that that the lutherans and the and, and the calvinists putting them in the two main schools in the church of england too although that's not the cleanest division they all recognized each other as protestants like, for example, you'll get John Davenant even into the early 17th century calling Melanchthon a a Protestant. And I think he called him a Reformed divine. So you'll, you'll, you'll still get this recognition that there's one, but they're one, but they have some disagreements amongst each other. So in that sense, it's not anachronistic. But in a sense, it is because there is many Protestantisms, especially when you go over time and think of the, uh, the schisms that happened, especially um, after the 17th century um, with the breaking off of certain groups from the original uh, branches of the Reformation, which is basically going to be continental Lutheran and then Church of England. Okay, so that's all I have um, for you today. Thank you all for, for coming here. Uh, please, if you haven't already, join the Discord. Um, that's very important when it comes to making sure if I get absolutely booted that I will still exist. It's very important for me. And then, there you go. There's the link right there. And then also patreon.com slash militant. Oh, man. Patreon.com slash militant. Thomas. You, you guys can just figure out how to type that in. Uh, if you really enjoy what I'm doing, if you'd like to help me continue doing what I'm doing, you guys have been great with that. Um, 
gotten quite a few patrons over the last month or two. So thank you a lot. I really am humbled and really appreciate it. But um, definitely have to keep pushing. Um, we've been getting good amounts of subscribers, um, good amounts of views, good amounts of of airtime and stuff like that. That's just great that we need to keep getting the the message out there and um, keep keep pushing forward. So I, I really appreciate you guys because the, you guys are why I'm here. Um, and then also social media accounts again, Facebook, Twitter. You guys probably already all follow me there. Um, that's how you probably found out about the stream. But if not, if you're watching the the replay, then uh, much appreciate that. And then uh, it, at 8 o'clock, so about 50 minutes, I'll be having James Abneil on. We'll be talking about why you need to know the biblical languages and then uh, especially Greek and then some of the tools in which you can use to learn Greek. So, uh, yeah, Byzantine Scotus plugging himself too. So, yeah. Okay, thank you guys all, um, and God bless. Oh wait, how did I forget the? How did I forget to mention this? You all have a happy Shrove Tuesday. Remain very shriven. Eat all the food and do penance for the kingdom of God is at hand. Lord,